you can always learn more. That's what my, what got me. So, oh, now I can do a four. Now I want to do in the racing shelf. Now I want to learn that. Now I want to learn how to double. Now I want to learn how to sweep. So this every day there's more to learn, I think. Hi, my name is Koen Elbers and I'm the chairman of the Alkmaarse Roeienzelvereniging in Alkmaar, the Netherlands. Hello and welcome to Steady State Podcast, your rowing fix, where the water is flat, the catches are clean, and you can always hear the coxswain. We're revealing a narrative about rowing culture that celebrates the expansive array of rowers, coaches, and coxswains in a podcast designed to save a real-life experience from launch to cox seat at every level. We're Rachel Friedman and Tara Morgan, and this is Steady State Podcast. Sit ready. Hi, Rachel. Good morning. Good morning, Tara. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. So today we're talking to a Steady State Podcast fan. This is kind of new for us. This is new for us. I'm actually pretty excited. Uh, We met him, I don't know, maybe a year, year and a half ago online. And you know what I'm most excited about, I think? I can't wait to hear his voice. I've actually never heard his voice. That's true. And we've actually never seen him. I've never seen him in live action. You might have noticed him on our screen at Steady State Sundays because here's the thing. His name is Cone and he's in the Netherlands. So we're always curious about our European fans like because there's such a huge time difference when we do coffee chat or you do the Steady State Sundays. And he just, Cone just seems to always have been there. Like he feels like he's always been a fan. He's liked posts. He's come to things. Um, yeah, and he's a rower, obviously. He's into rowing, water rowing. He is. He's yep. As far right. as I know, he's a sculler, so we'll talk to him some about that. Um, but yeah, we've so we've seen him online. He sent us some messages. We've, you know, kind of been in touch that way. Um, I think the last time I quote unquote saw him, he came to coffee chat a couple of weeks ago and then later, like afterwards, said, you know, I like checking in with you guys during coffee chat. It's evening here. And I was like cutting onions and mushrooms for dinner, <laughs> you know. Um, oh, interesting. Well, yeah. I think what's cool about it for me is that, you know, we like to talk to the real life rower, right? That's our story. Yeah. And we tend to talk to people who are in some sort of like leadership capacity or they're on some journey. And this is just a fan. What we do know about him is that um, he's a sculler. He is involved with a club called ARZV in the Netherlands. And I believe he's the chairman of that club. So he's a oh, little nice. bit of a muckety muck there. So we'll find out what he does. Hey. Hello. Uh, Hi there. Good morning or good afternoon to you. Good afternoon for me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm the earliest one. 7 a.m. Oh. for me. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, it's four o'clock in the afternoon here, so. It's just civil. That's downright civil. Civil. <laughs> just went out for a walk as well, so just finished work and now meeting up with you guys. Well, fabulous. Yay. We are so glad to meet you, really. Oh, likewise. Totally the same. Yeah. A bit nervous, actually. Really? Oh, <laughs> oh God. Steady State Network online. Yeah, so- <laughs> So here's what we do. We'll give you a little behind the scenes peek just for you right before we admit our guests. This is what we do. Blah, 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 blah. Blah. Just shake it out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes that's actually made it into the episode. It's very funny. (laughs) It's like me, 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 me. Yeah, like vocal warm-ups. Okay, so thank you so much for joining us. Um, You... We were just talking before about how you've been with us so much of the way uh, as a fan. So thank yeah. you for being a fan of Steady State. Absolutely. And um, we have a question for you. You probably know what it is, but a little different this time. On a scale of one to 10, how's your rowing week going? Ooh, how the rowing week is going. Well, on a scale of one to 10, I say uh, seven. Could have been better. Mm. Yeah, but so it, it's Tuesday, so I can still make uh, still make it work. This is true. Yeah, you've got the rest of the week to bump it up to a 10. What would bump it up to a 10 for you this week? Oh, that would definitely be rowing in, a, in the weekend, of course. 
and as always uh, our Thursday night practices with my crew so that's always good fun and that's a, a boat that you're a rower with or are you yeah. a coach you're no, a that's rower the boat where I'm a rower with yeah yeah that's and where do you where do you sit in that boat uh, well, that depends at uh, uh, normally at three position or five. So that's most of it. If we are in the, if the eight is full and otherwise anywhere, mostly bow seat. Really? Really? Yeah. Really? What, what makes you a good bowman? Well, I'm not the strongest, so I'm not in the middle <laughs> and uh, I'm not the most technical one and I'm, and I'm definitely not the most experienced one from the, the whole bunch. So that's put the least experienced ones as further in the back as they can. Oh, well, <laughs> okay. I, I will just say, I'm going to stand up for bow rowers everywhere because I am a loud and proud bow seat rower all the time. And the thing that I've always loved about bow is I feel like there's a certain amount of control back there and you should theoretically be pretty technically proficient in bow seat. So we can have a little debate about that. Yeah. Well, also, yeah, I, I am quite technical, yeah, but definitely not the strongest. No, no, yeah. I always heard the best thing about being in bow. I'm, I'm quite tall, and I was quite tall for my team, and so I never. If they put me in the bow, I'm like, what's wrong? Like, what do you? I, I don't know what's happening because there's nobody behind me. I need, I need to hear that like heaving behind me, that yeah. you know, behind me, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's, that's what keeps me going. But I heard this great uh, thing from an Olympian that said uh, it was a coxswain, you know, urging uh, the Olympians on. And they had said the bow people will be the first people across the finish line. Yes. So True. get there. So right. Get the, I know it's get exciting. There. I'm always the first one across the line. It's awesome. Yeah. So I, you know, I have a lot of respect for the bow. I love a coxswain that calls, you know, let's do a power 10 for the bow pair, you know, and then a power 10 for the, stern yeah. here yeah. and then the, the meat market in the middle well it sounds like we would make a great boat because you're in the bow rachel could be in the bow with you i'm a stroke or the engine room we just need one more uh we can have a nice little four oh uh, it does look cool. yeah do you do both do you sweep and skull yeah definitely yeah uh always skull with of course with the aids and uh but i we've learned uh, sculling so um most of the, the masters learn how to row uh, sculling. And uh, I'm also often with my mate in the, in the two, in the double. And we dabble in the, in the two, in the pair, but dabble. Oh, <laughs> I love the pair. I love the pair. It's so difficult, pair. but yeah, getting used to it now. It's <laughs> good. It's good. Okay, so we dove right in, but, but let's get to know you a little bit because we don't really know uh, about how you got involved with rowing. When did you start rowing? Well, I started rowing when I went to university. Very common in the, whole, in the Netherlands. And uh, I went to university in, uh, in the northeast part in a city called Groningen. And uh, I went there, I already finished my bachelor degree and I went to, uh, to do a master's. And I went there and also um, planned on living there. But I didn't know the city, I didn't know anything. But the sisters of one of my good friends, uh, they already lived there and they rode at their university rowing club. So they said, oh, Kuhn, are you coming over? You have to row. So that's where I, when I started rowing. So it was a no brainer for them and I just follow. So, okay, then I, got, then I row. And then I rode. <laughs> I like and then that. I rode. <laughs> And I did that for a year and then uh, uh, I started working. My uh, degree didn't work out. So uh, I started working and then I moved to the east of Holland where I live now, like a half an hour uh, north from Amsterdam in Alkmaar, around Alkmaar where I live. And then I, uh, I started to think, well, what's, what can I do? And it was already, I lived here already for almost 15 years and I, let's pick up rowing again. So I started to uh, well, inform what, uh, what rowing club is there. Yeah, there's only one in the neighborhood. So I uh, figured out there were two rowing clubs in the neighborhood, but I went to, to that rowing club. I applied to do a, a learn how to row course. And I started all over again after 20 years of doing nothing in a boat. And now wow. uh, I'm back in a boat. So, 
right. Kuhn, that is almost exactly my story. Also, really? yeah, I learned to row when I was 13 in high school and I rowed for two seasons, probably really loved it. But I played a lot of other sports and was a typical teenager, not wanting to do what anybody wanted to tell me to do and all those kinds of things. And I went off to college and, and they had a rowing team, but it was very competitive and I you know, didn't even think about it. And then fast forward. I think it was in my thirties, I moved to a neighborhood where I saw the lake from my front window. And very early one morning, I saw these little boats out there and I happened to Google uh, women's rowing Seattle. And they were at that boathouse, this fabulous team I ended up on for 10 years. And it just was so great. I didn't have to do a learn to row, but I didn't know how to skull. And they put me in a quad and they were like, I was like, are you sure about this? And the coach is like, you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. It was a shit show. I'll tell you. It was, I was gonna ask you, Tara, day one in that quad. I had the I had the boxer's knuckles, you know, oh, the really? blood, the bloody, you know, uh-uh, trim your nails. <laughs> Definitely. Uh-huh. But uh, you know, to this day I'm not a scholar. So <laughs> let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, but at university, they they only learn how to sweep. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't used to that. And then uh, when I started to learn here uh, again, uh, they started with sculling. And also they learn here for masters, they learn you to row in the, mo- the what broader boats, like the sea boats, we call them. Sure. Like the Not the racing shells, but the more broader boats. So that's quite easy and stable. So that's uh, that was very fun. And we had a good good crew and there were very nice people there. So... I stayed and I connected with the with the club. So that's why I stayed. That's great. I love hearing about other people's learn to row programs too, because I'm a learn to row coach for masters and Rachel has also dabbled in teaching adult learn to row. And uh, I love that they put them in the in the bathtubs. We call those the bathtubs. Yeah, well, they are. Yeah. 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 yeah and I started actually, I started with my partner, with Paul, and we started together. But uh, then Paul said, oh, rowing is not my thing. It's totally yours because you're more of a, uh, a club uh, guy, you like the, the people around you, the, the community, and he's more like, uh, put me in a single and then I'm fine. But it's more to do than that. So he said, oh no, this is totally you, do what you want. So, Is that what you would say got you, uh, got you hooked back onto it? Or do you even remember when you were back at university getting your master's? Do you remember what it was that got you like, wow, this? did you play sports before that? Or were you an athlete before uh, that? I, well, that's a total different story. I used to, uh, was a, I was an equestrian riding. Oh. So I did huh. dressage and show jumping and the whole thing. So totally different background. And, uh, and rowing at university was like, oh, this, the community, the, uh, it's very, well, how do you say that in English? It's, it's, uh, it's the fun times, the drinks, uh, the, the socializing and everything and I didn't do any racing at all uh, but uh, that yeah I only went once to uh, to a uh, to a race with uh, with the crew and that was it and then I thought oh when I came back and I started to learn again I thought the community that's that's it that's fun and you can always learn more that's what my, what got me so oh now I can do a four now I want to do in the racing shells now I want to learn that now I want to learn how to double now I want to learn how to sweep so this Every day there's more to learn, I think. Yeah, and you also open yourself up to this global community too. Like you know that you could go to Washington DC and go row with Rachel and you could come to Washington yeah. State and row with me and, and we could come to Holland and visit oh, you and, and go for a yeah. row. Yeah. Yeah. How do you say rowing in, in Dutch? Ruin. Ruin? Ruin. Yeah. Ruin. Yeah. Ah, okay. Oh, Terry, should we should we just dive in? We got a couple of questions about terminology. Oh, we do have questions about terminology. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, ge- so generally speaking, we are, and we, we won't spend a whole lot of time doing this, but we are very curious about commands, um, kind of around the world. You know, mm. so here we've got simple commands to stop the boat. You know, way enough. Uh, what do you say when you want the boat to stop rowing? If uh, we say stop rowing, then it's um, uh, laat lopen. So if you said laat lopen, so, so uh, it's, okay. uh, leave, leave it walk. 
thank you. Uh, That's it. Leave it walk. I like that. Yeah. So, so you always come off blades off the water, right? Yeah. You, so you send it and then blades yeah, down. It. Yeah, opgelet. So, so watch out. Uh, attention, laat lopen. And then uh, the blades are off. And then I say, thank you, bedankt. Bang. The blades are on the water. And then it's the most ideal thing to make the splash sound together. What is that? We like doing that too. That's so good. So good. Tap of the blades on the water is so Oh, that's so satisfying. (laughs) It's so good. And I always wonder why some crews don't always stop that way. Because some crews are just like, way enough. Oh, yeah. You know, I love that you you, uh, weigh enough um, with hands away. Yeah. And And you're coaching juniors, right? Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah, because they they uh, lured me into it because I <laughs> they asked me after my training how to how to row course. They said, "Well, do you want to do something for the for the club?" So of course, I do. Uh, I'm volunteer. I'm used to do voluntarily work, and I love to do something back, give something back. So they said, "Well, what's your background?" And my background is in education. I was a primary teacher for loads of years and uh, a principal on a primary school. So they said, "Oh, you're good with juniors." You can coach the juniors. So I cycled with the coach and then I picked it up and then I learned more and more myself. So then I yeah, I just coached them, but not very on a technical basis. Although the, the, the starters, the juniors, they just learn how to row. I can easily teach them how to row now. But now I'm coaching the, the really good ones the, who go to international events and everything. And then I'm not the technical coach, but I make sure they're having a good, having a good time. They're still enjoying rowing because that's very important, what I think. So, yeah, having a good time, make sure they, they're all together as a group and uh, do what they like. Yeah. So you're more of a team builder. You like to do the team building part, the positive yeah. energy. That's great. Keeping it the joy of the sport. You know, yeah, so really... every Sunday, I'll coach every Sunday because the other coaches, the head coaches, they train them the other days of the week. And I'll coach every Sunday after my own practice. And uh, then uh, sometimes I'll, I'll bake something uh, like flapjacks after after training uh, foodies because they they eat everything. So uh, just a little bit of fun and together. How was training? Oh, Kun, he baked something. It's good fun. <laughs> Because of our amazing patrons, we've been able to provide 16 Changemaker scholarships to rowers, coaches, and club founders who have big ideas for the future of our sport. When you join our Patreon community for as little as $5 a month, you support the Changemaker Scholarship Initiative and help develop new leaders in the rowing community. You'll also be the first to know about new episodes, get Steady State freebies, and store discounts. Find out more at steadystatenetwork.com Patreon. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Steady State Network and on Twitter at Steady State Row. Sign up for our e-newsletter and become a patron at SteadyStateNetwork.com. In two, we're back with Kuhn Elbers. That's one, two. So how long have you been coaching now? Um, I've been coaching now for six years, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and first, uh, the, the very young ones, like the 10-year-olds, 14-year-olds, uh, uh, they have to learn how to row, but uh, also immediately um, accompany them to uh, their little races, because they uh, we organize little races for them as well, just from the start, if they can get in a boat, and then they can do a little race, we think. And it's all good fun and make them uh, feel good about themselves and that they enjoy racing and the community. And after that, uh, when I uh, coached the, um, yeah, the, the really good juniors, the, the, uh, the, the talents, they, uh, they have the bigger races and you know, we'll get in a car, go to Amsterdam often, and uh, help them in the boat, help them uh, rigger up and uh, make sure they have a good time and, well, uh, discuss their race plan and cycle along and shout, shout a lot. Okay, that's the second time that you've mentioned cycling along with the coach. And the first time you mentioned it, I thought you meant riding in the launch boat with them and, and learning. And you actually mean cycling. Oh, yeah. 
definitely. Okay, so like at the Olympics, when we see the coaches cycling on along the water and they're coaching from the bicycles. That's what we do. Oh, and you can do that what? because you're rowing on canals? Is that the situation there? Yep. We send the, from our deck, uh, the, we send the boats with the juniors, we send them away to, and uh, off most of the time or in a cox boat or in a single or in a double, they manage. And we uh, send them away and then we cycle to the pickup point and uh, we say uh, there's a, uh, a gas station nearby. So wait at the gas station. So they wait all, they all wait. And then we, uh, we pick them up and then we tell them what to do, what the training is, is going to be like. And then we can cycle almost uh, yeah, 15K with them uh, for the whole practice. Wow. So we, okay. We, we have a launch, but we hardly use it. Huh. It's, it's the Netherlands. They we cycle everywhere, so they're all cycle paths everywhere. So we can, uh, and we are very lucky that we can cycle along our training course. So yeah, that's and perfect. How do you communicate with the rowers? Do you have a megaphone? I've, or I have a megaphone, but lately we have uh, walkie-talkies. So we put two walkie-talkies in the boat. And then we have a walkie-talkie on the bike in the hand. Yeah, I think that's a really smart way to go. Uh, my club, um, when I was with DC Strokes Rowing Club, that's something that they do. And I don't know why more clubs don't. It's If you, you know, let's say you're uh, one coach out with three eights and one of them gets away from you. Yeah, you know, you can just communicate with them on the walkie-talkie or the coxswains can communicate with one another. I think yeah. it's a really smart solution. It's I've ideal. seen that before, yeah. Was a, a couple of months ago. Was a assistant coach at a. We went to a, a training session at another club, and they had a complete headsets mm. with, uh, with their walkie-talkies with a, a talk button on their thumb, so they could cycle. Mm -hmm. Just have to press their thumb and uh, talk to their headset. I thought, oh, that was very fancy. That's very yeah. smart. That's I'm, great. I'm also just a little bit jealous because you're not just sitting in the launch, you know, you get a good workout. workout yeah, good work. I've got an electric bike though, so it's not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but at least the legs are moving, you know, that's the legs are moving. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's good fun. As a coach, do you have to provide your own bike? I would imagine everybody there has like three, four or five bikes, right? Yeah. So I cycle to the club and so everybody comes up to the club by bike yeah so yeah. everybody's there by bike so it's all very small and in the neighborhood okay that's I, it i'm moving there i did google map and it's just all these little waterways everywhere yeah. where you are can you oh, tell it's, us it's very uh it's a unique place where we live yeah it's a it's a an, an a long uh village with different yeah uh, small villages along the way and then our neighborhood where we live is called the, uh, the area of the thousand islands. <laughs> That's what it's called. They're all islands. And they used to be years ago, uh, there was uh, cattle on them or they, uh, they grow vegetables. And uh, now there are houses on it for one part and there's one part that's uh, you know, uh, nature that's only the, there are no houses on there and they're never going to be houses on there but I can walk through it so they're all every little island has its own house all right yeah. we're going we're, we're we you know Rachel yeah. and I have a map that we keep of all of the places that we're going to go on our all oh, thank you come. he's motioning yeah. come into the fold come come in <laughs> yeah come um, in definitely welcome in normal times as we like to say in the before times yeah uh, travel was such a big part for a lot of the people that I know who like to travel and row at the same time and having the about ability to guest row somewhere uh, is really really fun so first we want to ask you about where you row and give us a little pitch for this waterway where you row and we'd love it if you helped us pronounce uh Hornsvart yeah Hornsvart that's a canal it's a, it's a long canal uh, from Alkmaar. So that's uh, 30 minutes by car up north from Amsterdam. But you can uh, row from our city, from Alkmaar, which is a beautiful city. Everybody, when, when visiting Holland, everybody goes to Amsterdam. But Alkmaar is like little Amsterdam. So we've got the canals and the beautiful old houses and everything. And you can row through the canals in the city. But from our club, 
uh, you can row everywhere. You can go where we train, and that's a really long, yeah, 15k stretch, broad. You can, but it's a bit boring. But you can also go through uh, a lake. Uh, you can do uh, tours for about yeah, 30k, 50k from, and never yeah, see anybody, and just do some rowing and uh, take a day for it and come back and uh, enjoy the beautiful city of Alkmaar. Yeah, that's something that really struck me. I was looking at the club's website and I saw that not only do you have boat rentals, but kind of self-guided tours and a map, uh, several maps of places that people can go. And I just, I love that notion. That doesn't really exist uh, here. I, maybe I'm wrong, but I've never really heard about something like that in the United States. Certainly in, here in DC, um, you can get out with clubs and there are places where you can rent, let's say canoes or kayaks, but I don't think anybody's doing that and heading out for 15 or 30 K. It's more like I need to spend an hour doing something, you know? Um, so I was really intrigued by this. It's something that you offer. And like Tara was saying, she and I have been putting together this like mental map of places we'd like to go on what we're calling our steady, steady state network, you know, like media world tour someday. And uh, I think that, that that a stop at your club is something that I would love to do and get in um, one of these types of touring boats. Cause like those are not um, racing shells, right? You, yeah. Those are the boats where, where what I talked about, um, where I learned how to row. And uh, so the more broader boats, they're very stable. So you can easily maneuver if it, uh, if the water or uh, uh, is smaller or um, is a bit difficult. So it's easy to change seats while on the water from coxswain to uh, to number one or, or number four, you can easily do that or easily you have to maneuver a bit, but that's fine. And uh, we rent them out, yeah, to everybody who has a rowing background. And then uh, we give them a map and say, good luck. <laughs> See you. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, you've had a positive experience, maybe helping some new guests or people who are touring and, and coming along. And then what's been your experience of being a rowing tourist? We've got a, a group of uh, master rowers, uh, men, women uh, from uh, mostly uh, roughly around the age of yeah, 50 and up. And they uh, uh, have a and that's also part of the whole rowing community in Holland. Um, they organize their tours. So they have got a whole calendar where there are uh, tours uh, around their cities or in their neighborhoods of different parts of Holland. And you just uh, make an appointment with them and go. And sometimes they provide lunch or uh, afterwards coffee and uh, coffee and cake. So if somebody is coming over uh, with uh, four or five people and rent out four for a tour, we ask them, do you want some coffee or cake or whatever? Or do you need any facilities? Uh, we provide them. And when we, uh, and they always say, well, when you come over to our city, let us know. So it's more of a return the favor thing. It's, it's quite easy. Yeah. So, it's so civilized. I love kind, it. That kind of rowing, I'd, I'd actually really love to do. I mean, for my entire rowing career has been, you get in a boat, you're at practice, you put in the meters, you work hard, you get off the water, you're done. Mm -hmm. You get on the erg, you do a 2K, you're done, you know? But this notion of going out for a tour and you pull up somewhere and you tie up and you have snacks, like I just <laughs> love this idea. Yeah, yeah. Do, do yeah. you do that in, in, in the States? A marathon rowing. So yeah. we have to draw the boats and then do a marathon. So we ju we're gonna enter a marathon at, uh, in the first weekend of April, and it's in a different part of Holland, we, we take our own boats there and uh, we row a marathon of 50K. Yeah. And uh, you can do that for fun, but you can also do it as a race. So, or you can do it uh, hybrid. So you do a bit rowing and the other rowers are cycling along with it and we change halfway. Oh, oh sign me up for that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So what, what month is that, April? Yeah, that's one in April, but we got a whole calendar of all the rowing marathons with the best one uh, somewhere uh, later on in the year. And that's uh, the 11 cities. And that's the 11 cities of Friesland. That's the northern part of Holland. And then you uh, start at night. And that's a really big race. Uh, and you 
to 200k all through 11 cities of the whole province and uh, you can do that as a tour so just to finish it but you can also do it as a race yeah. so you have to uh, and you have to do that in a two in a cox two. Uh oh so, yeah cox double yeah yeah. Oh, like as like a pair? What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the cox double, but also the, the broader sea boats and uh, with, a, with a map and with GPS and okay. uh, switching pleasure. Oh, that's a whole situation over there. That's a whole different story. Yeah. Oh, Rachel, we need to make our calendar. We do 20, need to make your calendar. 2023. <laughs> we should. Um, and you know what? I think we've generally been making uh, uh, this map of places we want to go, but we should start looking at like actual schedules we could we could we could make our travel based on events that we want to participate in yeah yeah and and it would be totally our style to go to some completely random community regatta that (laughs) (laughs) just show up especially if there's (laughs) if there's costumes involved or whatever and I think it's so great I've always been intrigued by Amsterdam but I'm not a big city person you know I don't like really big cities and I love the idea that you have this as you called it a little Amsterdam you've got the, the the architecture I love that you know I could just go and get my my paint on and you know we could just do our photography and we could oh, yeah. uh, row and cycle oh all right sign me up yeah, it's I'm good up. fun yeah Alkmaar is a very lovely city because when we go at the end of the season with the juniors before summer break we go with the broader boats we go to the city we can row into the city and there's a very fun thing that we always i think it's hilarious you row through the and you see the uh, the canals and the houses but it's also the shops because there's an mm. ice cream shop right there so we pause there and they've got a bell at the, uh, we can ring the bell from the water, from the water. and they come over, sell the ice cream. So we are all in the boats having our ice cream and then do a, do our tour. Yeah, all right. Cool. This all sounds right. like so much fun. I can't. Okay. This sounds good. This sounds good. Yeah. You mentioned um, kind of in passing, you said something like um, that you take out your sea boats. Do you mean coastal boats? No, no. This, the sea boats are the more broader boats where we learn how to row in and the juniors, the, the younger juniors are the least experienced ones. They learn to row in those boats and not the racing shells. So, and we can take those sea boats everywhere. So that's yeah. uh, the, the racing shells. You don't bring the racing shells into the canals of the city because that's too, they're too fragile. Could you tell us more about ARZV, um, what it has to offer and how you're involved there? Well, ASFV, what do we have to offer? We are uh, uh, the only club in the area with uh, who are based in a city. We've got our neighbors in a a small village, uh, well, right down our training uh, waters. There's uh, our neighbors, they're OSA, they're called OSA. They have uh, 100 members and we have 300 members. And yeah, our club is... Well, we've got a 50, no, 40 juniors and everybody's always welcome to, to uh, watch and then maybe is it for you or not? And uh, we, well, very welcoming. And we've got a, lo- a big group of um, yeah, masters, 40, 35 years and up till 80 year olds still rowing every week in a wherry or whatever they like to row in. And, um, and too bad we don't have many uh, 20, 30-year-olds. That's our, because uh, everybody goes out to university in Amsterdam or where, wherever. And uh, afterwards, when we learned the juniors how to row and they did their thing rowing while, while still in high school, they turn 18 and then they go off, mostly they go off studying. And then, well, we never see them again or we hope we see them again. But that's uh, that's you know, how the the club is uh, yeah, built up age wise, and um, yeah, we've got loads of things to do. We've got uh, different committees, of course, like the racing committees. We organize our own race in the end of April, a four k head race, and uh, we organize a juniors race uh, with the whole part of our uh, uh, the whole part of yeah, the area, North Holland. So that's our province, and we organized uh, a race for them, and uh, a marathon for 
very, I don't know how many Ks that is, almost 70, I think. And uh, yeah, different committees, uh, very lively every Saturday and Sunday morning where everybody after practice has their teas and coffees and uh, chats around and uh, yeah, sometimes a, a good party. And I hope for a good party in this year, but COVID was a bit of a bummer. So uh, we hope for a, a social events uh, soon, yeah. That actually leads me to something I wanted to ask you about because we met you last year and I was wondering if you could tell us from your perspective how you found Steady State. Oh, that was so good to meet you at Steady State because I went, because uh, it was lockdown and uh, we have an erg in the, in the shed, uh, fine, let's get on, let's do it. It's, I never sit on it, but we, no, we have it. But now lockdown, I have to keep fit, let's do it. And uh, then I found out about uh, Zoom Ergos. And that's what uh, get me, got me started on the ERG. Uh, Zoom Ergos, and you provided every Sunday, steady, steady state Sunday for a whole hour. So you were the first one, that was the first time I finished uh, an hour on the ERG. Oh, awesome. Thanks to you, <laughs> So that's how we met. And uh, oh, I really loved it. Yeah, that was really fun. Well, Every Sunday, it was an hour. Yeah, yeah, I'm really glad that you found us and, and joined us for those sessions. And, you know, Tara and I started doing the Steady State Sundays really born out of this of this notion that we just really were missing community. And here in the States, I mean, the, the, the COVID numbers have been awful. There have been these peaks and troughs, but when we started doing the steady state Sundays, like no one was going to their boathouses. It looked like we had no idea what the upcoming season was going to look like. So I guess I was curious, uh, you said you were also in lockdown, but could you tell us a little bit about, you know, what was the situation uh, a year and a half ago there in the Netherlands? Yeah, well, it was a bit of a surprise. It was, a, it was all at once there was a lockdown and everything had to be closed. So the club closed. Uh, we couldn't do. We couldn't go to the club anymore. So we thought, what should we do? So we uh, lent out some ergs to the juniors because they had to keep fit for their tests and everything to uh, compete on a national level. And then um, we uh, organized a few things online, uh, like uh, a Zoom meetings or a pub quiz online with our friends in Bath. Uh, in, in the UK, uh, we uh, organized uh, our yearly meetings online, which was a bit of a bore, but really efficient though, <laughs> through Zoom. Uh, and that was a bit, that was it when it was in total lockdown. And then some uh, things were more, became more possible. So we could row in singles again. And then we uh, had to organize all the, uh, the way how you walked and wash your hands and all the hygiene stuff uh, at the club. But we did that in good communication with our, uh, with our council, with our municipality where we live, with the city of Alkmaar. We had good contacts and they said, oh, you have a great plan. And we have to hand over a plan how we are going to organize all the COVID uh, regulations. And then it, uh, well, it, we built from there. So first it was only in singles and then it was uh, only in doubles and family members could row in one boat. And then it was yeah. lockdown again. And so we, uh, we, and then it was only outside sports. So that was also very good for us. And well, since a couple of weeks ago, we are allowed back inside again. So there's still regulations going on, but for sports, they're almost gone mm -hmm. now. So we're very Good. lucky now. I want to ask you about that sweatshirt that you're wearing because you mentioned Bath. And I think, isn't that club like a sister club or a yeah. relationship with yours? Yeah, in, in Europe, there are loads of cities uh, who, are, uh, who have a, twinning, a twin city. And oh. our city of Alkmaar is twinned with, also with Bath in the UK for many years uh, after the second world war so they twinned as a city and so loads of uh, uh, sport clubs or music uh, orchestras or whatever they have a relation with their uh, their clubs their similar clubs in bath 
So our rowing club, the ASFV, has a very good relationship with Minerva in Bath. Mm -hmm. Minerva is uh, the club uh, where we already come there for, I think that, that we celebrate, we have to celebrate our 40-year friendship. So we are very good friends with Minerva Bath. So every year in April, they come over here with a couple of them and they stayed at our homes and everything. And we organize a program and we have a race. And every year in October, we go over there and we stay at their houses, have a race and a row and drinks and have some food and more drinks and uh, that's it so we we're friends and we yeah. stay in contact that sounds really fun that that's sounds very great. good fun yeah yeah so that's also how i uh every time when we go to bath we have a race and they organize they don't organize a special race for our visit but they go to their race and which is in monmouth and Mon monmouth we know monmouth you we know, know monmouth, monmouth. Yes, the is the hometown there? of the girl of the river. Yes, Patricia Carswell. Yay, Patricia Carswell. Carswell. Yeah, yes. shout out to her. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where we come over and we raised there. And I haven't really met her, actually, but we stayed in contact through Instagram or Facebook. And uh, yeah, she saw us rowing there. So that was really fun because we went out the day before, of course, because we're visiting Bath and it's a really lovely city. So we had a few drinks with our crew, with our aides, had to race in Monmouth, first a two hour drive from Bath to Monmouth, rig at the boat, get on the water. We're hung over as hell. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, and so we raised, and they they uh, spoke. I think it was Patricia. She shouted over the tannoy uh, at the race course, and here are the boys from Alkmaar, and this is how you row with a hangover. And we were like, <laughs> <laughs> "Oh man, <laughs> we had so much fun." That's awesome. I'm not sure we've heard stories from other folks about rowing hungover, but I'm sure there are people who have oh, done it. We could do, we could do a, a, a an audience survey. Like raise your hand if, <laughs> yeah. you, if you've rowed with a hangover. I'm not nice. sure I rowed with a hangover, but man, I have gotten sloppy at regattas. When I knew that, when I knew <laughs> oh. like, I was done for the day. That is the That's worst to see your teammates just go off the deep end. <laughs> It's just the worst. I will tell you, can I tell you a quick little story? So it was, um, it was a few years ago and we were in, we were in Virginia, which is not terribly far from here, but we were at a, a club that um, does something that no other regatta I've ever been to has done, which is they would actually, they had tents set up and they sold tickets to the public to come. And apparently, actually, when we were talking to Patricia, she was saying that this is actually somewhat normal where she is, but here it never happens. So the public could come and spend some time um, eating and drinking in these tents and watching the races. And all of us um, uh, participants got tickets, you know, free drink tickets. And I'd never been to a regatta where I had free drink tickets. And so, you know, by, I don't know, one o'clock in the afternoon or something, I was done with my race schedule and I just took my tickets and I got my free drinks. And I have some pretty embarrassing pictures from that afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I always think a beer garden at a regatta is just slightly flawed, but slightly perfection. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit wrong, but so right. Yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> There's a regatta in Canada, our absolute favorite. Shout out to the Delta D's uh, Sculling, uh, Delta D's Rowing Club uh, in, the, in British Columbia. Uh, we used to travel to Canada quite a bit. They host a great regatta there called Cascadia, and they introduced a beer garden oh. at uh, the last version pre-COVID, and it just made the whole event. Like, it just... It, it, it like yeah. it couldn't have gotten any better and it was like oh well now we can't leave <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is a regatta this is a regatta that um i go at my other capacity as a, a seize the oar foundation for uh rowers uh, adaptive rowers and we show up in force this is our that's our super bowl that's our uh, head of the charles for for sure and uh they asked us the first year we came if i wanted to be on-site security hmm. so they gave me a 1978 volkswagen van camper that was outfitted as a camper like a vintage with the plaid and it was just awesome. like this 
Yeah. And we had parked our truck. And so my head coach had strung a hammock on the rack of the truck, you know, and we stayed overnight. What was great was the next morning, the ranger came in and he was like, so what were you going to do if something happened? We had no phone numbers. We didn't know who we would have called. No one gave us any information, but we're like, we had a great night. <laughs> Stargazing. Yeah. No problem. Go, go for a skinny dip at the start line, you know. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who listened to our last episode, a conversation with Andrew Road Challenge founder, Stephen Dowd. If you missed it or any of our episodes, listen anytime at steadystatenetwork.com slash podcast or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, would you leave us a review? When you do, it helps our podcast get noticed and reach more ears. Now we're in season three. Yeah. And I love that we get to do a, a fan. You're our first fan spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Woo. laughs> yeah. Um, and so you know that we end every episode with rapid fire. Rapid fire. Right. Yeah. Okay. Are you are you ready for rapid fire? Great. Okay. Okay. Right, here we go. Rachel. First, first question: Concept two, RP three, or water rower? A water rower. If you <laughs> mean, if you mean you're on the water. Oh no! no, no. Oh. <laughs> I literally meant. Two. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think I, I I know. I would choose uh, on the water as well. I did literally mean uh, one of the water oh, rowing. Oh no! Machines. Definitely concept two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We actually have had someone say uh, water rower, like the actual water rower. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, no shame in that. No judgment. Shame in that. Okay. Uh, do you wear shoes or go barefoot on the earth? Oh, shoes, shoes. And okay. then shoes out, socks. And then my follow-up to that is feet in or feet out. Mm. Ooh. Do you strap in or no? On the erg. Um, I strap in, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote feet out in the art. Yeah. I can't wow. do it. I, I know that I should, and I know that it's good for me, but I just, I can't do it. I can't go over 25 strokes a minute, though, or 26 strokes a minute. I mean, that's ridiculous. I'll go flying off the back of the air. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay this book. isn't very rapid. Sorry. Let's, let's, let's Sorry. keep going. All right. Uh, on the erg, calories, watts, or splits? Splits. Sweep or skull, if you had to choose? Skull. Bow seat, stroke seat, or engine room? Uh, bow seat. Salt water or fresh water? Fresh water. Sprint race or head race? Head race. Favorite Cox command to give or receive? Beast mode now. <laughs> yes, from bow seat. Yes, you're going to bring your beast mode. Oh, <laughs> Uh, for rowing, uh, uni, I guess you guys might call it an all-in-one or tank and trow. Uni. Okay. And then our final question, of course, coffee before or after a row? Both. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Ken, this has been amazing. Thank oh, you so much. It was so good fun. Yeah. This, thank you very was, much. Yeah. Thank you. This has been a, a lot of fun just getting to know you and chit chat with you. And um, this is one of those conversations I just want to continue over a cup of coffee or a pint or whatever. Yeah. So um, looking forward to meet you once in real life. So you're more than welcome here in Holland. So whenever the time, whenever the planning is so if you got the schedule ready for all your trip, more than welcome. Oh, thank oh. you so much. Study State World Tour. Here we come. Here we come. Yeah. <laughs> this was awesome. Hopefully we'll see you this Friday at a coffee chat. And uh, otherwise, we uh, will talk with you real soon. Oh, definitely. Thank you so much, Tara and Rachel. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. To see photos of Kuhn Elbers, ARZV, and to get links to the people, clubs, and events mentioned in this episode, check out the show notes on our website at steadystatenetwork.com slash podcast. Hey Tara, I think some listeners might not know that Steady State is more than a podcast. 
Totally. We should definitely tell them we've got virtual events happening every week that bring together the rowing community from across the country and actually around the world. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I really look forward to Friday mornings when we get together for coffee chat on Instagram Live because we get to talk about rowing and racing and technique. But we also delve into things like DEI and motivation slumps. And it's always neat when rowers from around the world tune in. And so we hope you'll join us on Fridays, 8 o'clock West, 11 o'clock East on Instagram Live. Grab your favorite mug and add your voice to our conversation. And we also know that everyone sometimes needs buddies to help get them through long pieces on the erg. I know I do. So we lead Steady State Sundays the fourth Sunday, basically, of each month at 6.45 a.m. West, 9.45 a.m. East. And when you register for the 60-minute Steady State erg workout, we give cues and insights to keep you motivated along the way so you can work at your own pace and then stick around after to chat. Yeah, I really like that at your own pace. I row at about a 16. (laughs) So um, if you want to find out more about any of our events and claim your spot in our lineup, go ahead and visit steadystatenetwork.com slash events. Steady State Podcast is brought to you by me, Rachel Friedman. And me, I'm Tara Morgan. Between us, we have 33 years of rowing, coaching, and coxing experience and running successful rowing-related enterprises. Rachel is the founder of RowSource, the original resource for master's rowers. And Tara is the founder of Seize the Oar Foundation, championing inclusion in the sport of rowing through team training, outreach, and thought leadership. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at RowSource and Seize the Oar. Thanks so much for listening. In two, way enough. That's one, two, way enough.